Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Brian Walker, President and CEO, Kansas Food Bank. Welcome to Issues 2020, Brian. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks nice, for having me. Nice to have you with us again. You know, on this weekly program, we've been tracking the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on South Central Kansas, on the health of our citizens, and the impact on the economy. Many have lost jobs, seen their income suffer dramatically, and that can mean fewer dollars to feed families. And that's where the Kansas Food Bank comes in today. First, Brian, if we could, uh, let's just do some background background real quick. Uh, what is the food bank and and uh, what part of Kansas do you serve? Yeah, so the Kansas Food Bank, we are the um, largest um, hunger relief organization based in the state. We serve um, 85 Kansas counties. So there's 105 counties in the state of Kansas, and we serve 85 of those We do everything except the northeast corner of the state. Um, That is done by a couple sister food banks, one out of Kansas City and one out of St. Joe, Missouri. Um, You know, so what we do every day, um, and we do it now, is provide food to people that are food insecure. And we do that through a number of different programs, a number of different hunger relief partners, whether that be a church food pantry that that hands out food, a soup kitchen, self-explanatory, they cook a meal rescue missions, uh, homeless shelters, and then we have programs for kids and programs that uh, meet seniors' needs and and produce programs. So just trying to fight hunger wherever it is, um, that's what we would do on our normal operation, and we've been doing that for almost 40 years. And we'll get into some of those topics here in just a moment. How many people, uh, Brian, typically receive uh, food for the the food bank? You usually talk about meals served, do you not? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, unduplicated numbers, I believe it's like um, before all of this was, um, you know, 215,000, um, something like that. Um, what it is now, those numbers are hard for us to come up with because most of our agencies aren't asking those kind of questions because they're doing limited um, limited contact um, with them. But um, we provided enough food for about 14.5 million uh, meals a year. All right. And uh, who's eligible to receive your services, Brian? 
you know, so, um, you know, our agencies that we work with, whether that be um, a pantry that hands out food in the basement of a church or a local community pantry, um, you know, they've kind of set their own guidelines, right? They, they're, they're all their own not-for-profits. So some of those don't require any um, information except that you profess a need, and then others may be income-based or age-based. You know, food is one of those things that um, we like to see um, it handed out the easier um, for the client because, you know, if you're in need of rent assistance or um, gas assistance or getting your car fixed, you know, there's not monies around the communities to do that. Um, so if if we can help somebody with their food bill and they can take that money and use that to get their car fixed or pay their rent or their electric bill, um, we've done them um, a great service and we've helped our neighbors out. Now, now where do you get the food? Well, um, you know, we purchase food. So we, um, you know, before the pandemic, we would purchase, you know, probably a um, couple million dollars, two and a half million dollars a year worth of food. And then we also had donated food that would come you know, through retail pickups that we pick up food at the local grocery stores, um, Dillon's, Walmart, Sam's, Target, Costco, those type of places. Um, we pick that up locally in the in the outlying areas. Our agencies would pick that up for us. And then we would also get food donated. We're part of Feeding America, which is a membership organization of food banks. They solicit food on a national level, and then that food trickles back down to food banks as well as locally, you know, we'd get food from, you know, Dylan's Goddard Warehouse, or it may come from, from Hormel, or it comes from, um, you know, the meat processors, and that food would be donated and come in here. Since the pandemic, that most of that food is dried up, right? So donations to us are down substantially, so we're purchasing more and more food. And how do you usually pay for it, Brian? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, we're totally... Um, we're not a United Way agency. We don't receive, we have a couple of government contracts that don't amount to a lot of money. So we rely on donations from um, folks like yourself, um, corporations, foundations, and then we take that money and we use that money to purchase food and then get that food out on the tables of folks that need it. So the, the, when we're talking about how it's distributed, it, you go to agencies and the agencies actually get it to the people, Right. Right. So it's not a perfect system, but it's been a system in place for a number of years that, you know, we collect all the food agencies. They can get on a computer. They can go online. They can see the food that's available in our warehouse. They place their orders. We put the orders together for them. If it's outside the city of Wichita, we deliver most of those agencies directly to the agency door. And when, you know, I say agencies a lot. So the church pantry, the soup kitchen, um, the health department. The school, we deliver it right to, to, to them, um, and then they hand it out to the folks that are in need of food assistance. So, again, it's not a perfect system, but it works, it works, it works really well. Describe, uh, if you will, the impact of the pandemic on your mission to feed the hungry. Give us a big general statement on that, Brian. Sure. You know, so we, you know, we prepare. You know, we know in Kansas we're going to have tornadoes and we're going to have floods. And so we, you know, we always prepare for that. We make sure we have depending on the season, the product that we need, water, you know, those kind of things. Um, what we didn't prepare for was this. We didn't prepare for COVID and, and the pandemic. And, and you know, the impact it has had on us has just been tremendous. We've seen an increase in need through our agency base of about 30%. Um, you know, a large portion of those are first-time folks needing food assistance. So, you know, when we talk about 
you know, places, you know, that everything, basically the economy just closed up and, and, um, you know, and it's slowly, it's slowly reopening, but, you know, these are folks that, um, you know, probably, you know, you think, let's think about, I got to make my rent or my house payment or my car payment, um, you know, not thinking about food and, and so, but then, you know, you get three or four weeks down the road and your, your savings gets used up and, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about food and, so we're seeing, you know, new folks at our pantry, which, which, are, which are new to them. Um, and then again, you know, I spoke a little bit about donated food, not, um, you know, not ha- we're not being able to acquire that food. And so, you know, basically, you know, we're purchasing food, um, you know, as fast as we can get it, right? I mean, we're, um, you know, I think we purchased about a million dollars last month. We'll purchase another million dollars this month. And then that food, we just ship that food out to our agency base that, um, you know, that's handing out food to, to the folks coming to visit them. We have been lucky, you know, with, through, um, through the state of Kansas and through FEMA, they purchased and had some pre-made meal boxes made. So, you know, we can use those to help supplement um, the food that we're purchasing. And, and, you know, that's worked out really well for us. And, and then, um, so it basically, it's as soon as we can get food in one door, we get it sent out. Um, the other door um, to meet the need. So it's it's not something we prepared for, but man, I, you know, I, we have a dedicated staff and we have a dedicated group of volunteers that work at these agencies that um, really have gone over the top. You know, they've changed the way they distribute. They they've done drive-through models, so you don't have to have contact, and and they we don't ask as many questions, so we our distribution stays safe. And and um, so far, things have held together fairly well. And, um, you know, early on, we've had, we had some smaller agencies closed because of, of fears and we understand that. And, and, but most of those have reopened and with different guidelines for serving clients. And so, so things are working out really well. So as long as we keep people healthy and we, you know, they talk about, you know, uh, smashing the curb or being the curb song, as long as we don't see a, a new influx and, and we can keep the food rolling, we, um, you know, we we feel pretty good. Um, you know, we're starting to change our thinking from, you know, the sprint we were in um, to, you know, the marathon we're going to have to run over the next few years. Now, who's receiving the food? Maybe you can't tell, but who, do you know who's receiving the food? Are they different demographics, different uh, people than you usually see uh, taking the food? No, I think the demographics have, um, you know, held pretty steady. You know, it's the demographics of the community um, would look like now because the you know, we've dealt with economy downturns in the past, but, you know, you were dealing with one segment. You might be de- dealing with the aircraft industry. I mean, you're dealing you're dealing with the community as a whole. You know, basically the, you know, the community kind of sh- sort of kind of shut down from folks that cut your hair, the folks that, you know, um, served you in a restaurant to, you know, um, the folks that clean your motel room. I mean, all those people just found themselves out of, work one day as opposed to, you know, it was just people in the aircraft industry. So it was a completely different demographic um, than normal. Like I said, it's been kind of hard for us to collect some of that data because, you know, our partners are saying, you know, we don't, we want the least amount of contact as possible. Now, some of them are starting to, um, to collect a little more of that data again, because, you know, we need to know that. And, and we've started, Every week we send out a survey to all of our partners about, you know, how many new clients, how many new families, you know, first time, were they laid off, you know, those kind of things. So 
we're able to collect some more of that data, so we'll have that moving forward. We just haven't collected it up to this point. But what I do know is that, like I mentioned earlier, is, is um, you know, there's a large percentage of the of the increase that are new to uh, to the food and security system um, for the first time, right? And you have to keep in mind that we, you know, we still had a large amount of food insecurity before this happened, and we're still, you know, caring for those folks as well. Have you had any difficulty getting enough food and the right kind of food, the kind of food you you like to distribute? Yeah, you know, this, um, we did we did early on. Um, we still have some. I mean, food is still out there, way. So you know, what used to take us, you know, we could order and have it turned around in a in a, a week. You know, um, some of it may take four weeks. We may have to change the mix because we weren't able to get green beans, but we could get, um, you know, peas or we could get um, black beans instead of, you know, some other kind of bean. And so we've, you know, we've been able to keep the, um, luckily the food supply, we've been able to keep it going. It may have just been different than what they wanted. And it may have just been, you know, if you're trying to make sure they have enough food of giving more of one kind of an item as opposed to more of a mix of items. Now the supply chain is that is freeing up a little bit. We're still seeing a long delay in getting um, getting the food in our building, but we are seeing some movement that the, the supply chain is loosening up a little bit. And um, so, you know, as long as we have enough money to keep purchasing food, we're feeling pretty confident um, moving forward. I just know that um, you know we're looking at. Um, you know, we're looking at an increase, um, you know, really for the next couple of years because of which on what our industry is based on. We don't we don't foresee and I don't think anybody um, that looks at this foresees people jumping on airplanes, um, you know, too quickly as we move forward or people taking, um, you know, trips like they used to. And our, um, you know, our economy is so much based around the the, the aircraft industry, which has been absolutely fantastic for which side. It's just going to take us longer to recover, I think, than uh, maybe other parts of the country. Tell us a little bit about the businesses that help you do this. I think you've mentioned a couple, but uh, how's your support in the business community there? You know, we've been, we have been really blessed um, during this uh, pandemic. We've had um, just too numerous to mention um, without forgetting anybody, but um, you know, we, um, you know, we've had a number of folks step up and say, hey, you know, here's a large chunk of money. I want this to go to food, and I want it put out in these counties, and I want it put out as fast as you can do it. And so um, we've done that. Um, like I said, we've put millions of dollars of food out um, into our hunger relief network. Um, we've had great support from those companies locally that, you know, have always supported us. Um, and you know, and then the public has stepped up as well. Just the individuals, the 25s, the 50s. I mean, those. Um, you know, we we do a lot of our fundraising around October, November, October, November, December timeframe. You know, the influx of contributions that we have seen from March, April, and May. I mean, is just something that we have never seen before in the life that I've been at the food bank, and I've been here 20 some years. And so, you know, those who have still had the ability to help us have done so. Like I said, for us, this goes a long time, right? And so what, you know, what happens in October, November, December this year, you know, do does donor fatigue set in? Do people, have people given what they can give? Um, you know, and so we're really concentrating on the end of this year, what next year looks like, because we know, um, 
you know, we know that that people's um, memories are short. So if we, you know, if we start to see things getting better, and and so some folks might say, well, everything's fine, but you know, there's still a number of people that are going to be laid off, and it's going to take a while for this economy to recover. And so, you know, we want to remind people that you know we're in the we're in the marathon race of this thing now. We, you know, hopefully we're through again. We're through the sprint, and and so we're looking at you know taking care of our neighbors long term down the road, which we know this is going to be. You're uh, you're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Brian Walker, President and CEO, Kansas Food Bank. Uh, talk about what you've done uh, within the food bank itself with your workers to ensure their safety and, and everyone else who comes in contact with them. Yeah, sure. So, you know, folks that know the food bank and the folks that support us know that we, you know, we have always been a volunteer-driven organization. Um, so, of course, one of the first things we did is we said, okay, you know, no more volunteers. And I think a lot of places did that. Um, you know, we closed our facilities. Um so just essential folks, you know, things that need to be fixed, um, janitorial services, those kind of things were allowed in the building um, just to keep staff safe, right? So we, we're a small organization. Um, I mean, we're a small staffed organization. And so, you know, um, early on, you know, if one of us got sick, boy, you know, that would have affected the whole whole state with the amount of food that we're having to distribute. So, um you know, and so, like I said, so far, I've been very lucky. We haven't had any issues. Our staff has stayed safe. Um, you know, we've brought back some volunteers that are very long-term volunteers um, that, um, you know, we know they don't travel. They go home, um, you know, that we can um, ask them the questions. They monitor their health. If if they don't feel good, they don't come. And so, so groups of you know we've had like four groups a week of about five people that have helped with, helped us do what we need to get done, and then we've had staff, um, you know, working extra and doing extra to to get the stuff we need done. Um, you know, we're still on um, lockdown for not a uh, not a better term. We'll probably be that way at least through June, not allowing folks into our our facility. Um, and then we're looking at what volunteering looks like for us in the future. You know what. What we do know is having, uh, you know, 75 people in our volunteer center at one time is that's probably a long ways away for us. And so what does, you know, how do we, how do we utilize volunteers that we keep our volunteers safe and we keep our staff safe as we move forward? So we're, you know, we're working with other food banks, um, you know, what models um, work well, what plans do other food banks have in place? And, and so we're just to look at, okay, what, you know, what does that look like for us going forward? And, and quite frankly, we don't know that yet. Um, but, you know, we're working hard to try to figure that out with um, help from professionals to say, hey, this is really what this, you know, needs to look like. And so um, it's a new world for us. And, and um, but we're, um, we have a great staff and, and we know we'll get there. And we, if, if, you know, we know a lot of people are, wanting to get back and, and volunteer and we just, you know, want them to be patient with us because our goal is just to keep them safe, um, our staff safe and be able to keep food flowing to all those folks that need it. Let's talk a little bit about the pandemic impact on impact on some of your off some of your services specifically, such as uh, impact on mobile pantries. Any impact there? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen some that some like mobile pantries, some of them shut down and early on and didn't operate because, you know, there were so many unknowns and uh, most of those were up and, and, and running. And actually, uh, you know, we've added a couple to that. Um, but most of those are a different, again, a different model now. It used to be that the client would come and get the items that they want. You know, mobile pantries now, the box, the food's ready to go. The car drives through, they pop the trunk, the box goes in the trunk. And so there's very little contact with the folks receiving food uh, in order to keep those folks um, on both sides, the volunteer and the person in the car safe. And so that's worked out really well. Um, and food banks all across the country have gone to, gone to that mo- Onto that model and has worked very well so far. What about uh, a program called Food for Kids? Any pa- impact on on Food for Kids? Yeah, you know it certainly did. So Food for Kids, you know, is a school based program. So that program for us always ran through the school year, um, supplying a backpack of food to kids who have been identified by professionals in the school, um, a package of food for for the weekend. So, you know, immediately when we close schools, um, we're like, okay, so what are we going to do now? Well, we were able over, it took, you know, it took a couple of weeks, but we were able over time, the out, the districts outside of the Wichita area, um, I would say we kept about 60% of those going. We made deliveries to the school and then the site coordinator in the school um, would do direct door delivery to the student who received the backpack, or they would have the family come through a drive-through distribution at the school. So that worked really well. Here in Wichita on 259, um, we worked with the school district. Um, a gentleman by the name of Terrell Davis, who works for 259, took this bull by the horns, and and we started off slowly um, with the Ministerial Alliance, and, and we did, um, you know, a, a few of the kids one week, and then the next week we added a few more, and I think it took us three weeks, um, and with the help of the Ministerial Alliance, the Wichita Police Department, members um, of the bus service that serves the school district, um, different organizations, we actually, all the kids that were receiving a backpack in 259 during the school year, they were having that backpack delivered right to their door, um, so they had that product um, for over the weekend. So the school district, of course, was still doing a great job doing drive-by distributions for for meals during the week, and then the students were still getting that backpack. So um, we're very thankful to that group that they were able to get that done and with all the coordination. And then that group also, they were doing some homebound deliveries for seniors um, who shouldn't have been getting out, you know, um, because the senior population is something that's really affected by um, the pandemic. And so that will continue about every three weeks. I think they're doing about 200 of those boxes that they'll deliver um, to seniors. And so that will continue at least throughout the summer with this group. So all in all, we were able to keep that program up and running. Now we don't know what that, I mean, we'll run that food for kids next year. It may just look a little bit different. We may have to, um, you know, go out and purchase some pre-made packets in order to keep up with, um, the demand as opposed to volunteers making all those for us because of the limitations we'll have on volunteers moving forward. So tell me about community rewards from Dillon's. Is that helping out? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, community rewards, people can, you know, if you have your Dillon's card, you can donate to the food bank. And so, like I said, everybody who's been able has stepped up, um, not only to support the food bank, but other organizations that are doing really hard work during this time. And so, you know, that's a great way. If you're going to the 
the food bank and you get your rewards and you, you, you can hook your card online to that and automatically donate, um, donate to the food bank um, or the other charity of your choice. You more or less said right now you're not too interested in uh, soliciting volunteers. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, yeah, we're that's just something that we've, you know, we just really put on right. hold until we can wrap our, I mean, businesses are still trying to figure out how they bring employees back to work. Right. And so, you know, we're still trying to figure out how do we bring our volunteers back into the fold. So, and that, you know, it's going to take us a while because we want to do it again safely. But uh, financial help, how can we get you, get you a little financial help there? Brian. Yeah, so so financial help is um, you know is one of the things we're really we're really pushing for right now, um, you know, and it's, it's pretty simple. You can go to our website. There's a donate now link. You can donate um, to the food bank. Um, you know, you can send us a check. What we're you know we're really trying to discourage is 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 folks bringing a check down to the food bank. Like I said, you know, we'll meet them at the door, but you know, drop it in the mail. Um, do it online. That way, you know, our staff doesn't have to have contact with you and you don't have to have contact with our staff. It just keeps, it keeps everybody safer. And, um, and, and so it, we've, and so it's easy. Um, you know, folks right now, if you're getting your car washed, I think Charlie's is doing a, doing a deal. Or like I said, yeah. you can, you know, use your Dylan's reward. So there's a number of ways to, that we try to make it as easy as possible for, okay. um, folks to get to their gonna, charity. going to have to interrupt you. We're out of time, but thanks for being with sure. us as always. Our guest, Brian Walker, president and CEO, Kansas Food Bank. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.